So I got this new game today. Mm-hmm. It's called Go 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 of War. Never heard of it. Never heard of it either. Go to Go God of War. Um, Tintin edition, obviously, because as you can see here, it's got Tintin, and bloody oath is Haddock ripped as. <laughs> he looks pretty ripped. <laughs> Still got his beard though. He's ready for action with that axe and everything. <laughs> he hasn't had hasn't had a drink for a couple of weeks by the looks of it. <laughs> he looks like he's about to drink out of Tintin's skull. <laughs> I'm John from Game Life Balance US, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness commences in 3, 2, 1... Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 57 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by the greatest heel in the history of professional wrestling, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. I just get out a gun and shoot him. (laughs) Apparently that's not in the rules. I read the rule book like three times. And there's just nothing about, oh, you know, if you do a surplex backwards double trip jump, you got to slap the guy on the ass first. There's a lot of um, latent homoeroticism in wrestling. That's true. Um, but yeah, it turns out that if if you just get out a gun and shoot the guy, people boo you. When the ref's not looking? Oh no, you shoot the ref first. <laughs> Nobody taps out Andrew the heel Yoshimura. <laughs> what would your wrestling name be? I, I was thinking about that. I don't know. I reckon... Um, Mm. I reckon I'd be... Oh, I know, I know. I've got a perfect. Mm-hmm. I would be the hobo. <laughs> and I would I would just, like, have, like, trash cans on fire, which I would just beat people to death and take their money. <laughs> I'm just imagining you coming on coming on to the... Uh, you know, you've got, like, a cape or something on. Yeah. With the hobo written on it. Yeah. You, know, you throw the cape off and you're just wearing, like, a nappy that you've crafted out of garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you, you know how they have the big entrance? My yeah. ultimate big entrance is, is like, you know, two garbage cans on fire either side of my entrance point. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they play my theme, which would, I don't know, what's a, what's a garbage song? Um, anything mm. by Nirvana, I suppose. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Smells like Teen Spirit. Something by the, the band Garbage, perhaps, <laughs> but anyway, that's fine. Um, but, <clears throat> but I don't come out, and it just cuts to me, mm-hmm. just like going through all the other wrestlers' stuff who are on the stage, just like <laughs> taking all their money out, but then following me across the street and like spending their money on booze and then just like just getting down in an alley and then just drinking it (laughs) i can think of this like you know like long story arc where like one of the one of the like sort of mm, you know there's there's always those characters that are like stereotypically rich like yeah like the god what was that guy i don't we're not we're not wrestling fan million dollar million dollar man or something like that yeah like he didn't he didn't give you 50 cents when you were begging on the streets and now you've got like a vendetta against him and you're gonna like I, don't know. I, I think an even better one would be if they try, tried to uh, gentrify me. Right. Like, if you've got someone like, um, I don't know. Like a My Fair Lady type. My, my Fair Hobo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, you know, they, they try and dress me up and change my name from the Hobo to the Hobomqua or something like that. <laughs> the Hoboken Toff. <laughs> the Hoboken Toff. I love that. I, I could just be the Toff. The Toff. Um, but then... <laughs> Yeah, and then you know, I'm, I'm gentra. I'm like, I'm not a heel anymore. I'm a what, what's a what's a face? I'm a face. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but then cut to my big reveal, and I'm just going through everyone's stuff again. <laughs> just, 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 just revert. 
You can take the hobo out of the streets, but you can't take the streets out of the hobo or something. Anyway, uh, right. Well, it's episode 57 of this. I kind of want to keep talking about this. This is more interesting. Yeah, it actually, it actually definitely is. It definitely is. Because um, there aren't any hobos in the in the featured game this week, are there? Not as far as I know. Good segue, by the way. Yeah. Excellent segue. Actually, I think they're all... They're either none of them are hobos or they're all hobos. I think what's happening... Like, most of the characters in this game are um, underage, and they're probably all headed towards hobo, <laughs> hobo lifestyle. And later in life, when when things go south for them, and things go pretty south for them, yeah. we are of course talking about none other than the Sega classic, Fighting Vipers. So, Fighting Vipers is a three D fighting video game. Uh, made by Sega AM2. I don't know what AM2 stands for. Do you know what AM2 stands for? I don't know what it stands for, but it's kind. Of, I mean, it's a it's a first party in Sega. They did have different teams, right? And they literally just had one called Sonic Team or Team Sonic or okay. something like it's that. Another one of those teams. Mm, All right. Yeah. So uh, Sega AM2 developed Virtua Fighter and Virtua Fighter 2. Yep. Um, headed up by um, Yu Suzuki, who is obviously um, very well known for his role in Shenmue. Um, this is sort of pre-Shenmue mm. when he was doing a lot of fighting games. Uh, and you can kind of see the pedigree there in, in, in what, what, what they were going for yeah. in Shenmue. But we're not reviewing Shenmue today. I'd love no, to. Thank. No, we are never re- <laughs> reviewing Shenmue. I have experienced enough Shenmue and forklifts and bubble machines. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, did, you know what bugged me the most about Shenmue? Just sidetracking us here. <laughs> okay, all right. So it's set in like 1987 or something like that. Yes. But he's got a bloody Sega Saturn. Yes. Like, and, and he's got all these, like, some of the arcade games exist, mm. like um, Space Harrier. Sure, fine. Mm-hmm. And then Virtual Fighter. Mm. It's like, no, you can't do that. I'm sorry. Sorry, you've, Sega. You've just, you've, you could have you gone back to the Master System. I would have allowed a Mega Drive. Mm. Um, no, but not, not the Sega Saturn. Not in that time period. Yeah, that is, it just so, doesn't work. So that it was broke what- it. That was what ruined the game for you. Not- oh no! Everything else, voice acting, <laughs> absolutely hit the mark. Perfect pacing. Uh, this is a parody, right? Like Shenmue was a parody. That's pre- I'm pretty sure it's a comedy. <laughs> uh, yes. So, uh, Finding Vipers, uh, like I said, made by the team who made Virtua Fighter, and it is literally um, uh, using the same engine as Virtua Fighter Two. And this is what we figured out while we were playing the game before we even looked this up. That's right. I mean, we were playing it. We're like, this seems very Virtua Fighter-y. Yeah, and, and it's made we, by Sega. And, and we looked it up and we're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yes, it does. Because what they basically did, I mean, and they released it pretty soon after Virtua Fighter 2 came out. So this game came out in uh, 95 in the arcade. Um, and Virtua Fighter 2, I think, was like 94 as well 94 perhaps I think it was so, late 94 yeah so not much time in between they must have been developing them like in tandem or, or just like push this one out really quickly I think they did the Virtual Fighter was pushed um, the original Virtual Fighter was um, I think they just wanted to get it out there as the first mm. uh, 3D fighting game sure yeah and it was uh, I think it was a launch title on the Saturn mm. It was also on the 32X, I think, mm. and uh, I think there was even a, v- a version for the Mega Drive, which totally sucked. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Memory. I can imagine that um, would be Yeah, but it was, it was the first polygonal, um, you know, 3D, if you want to call it that, yeah. fighting game. Yeah, and it's hard to remember, um, you know, especially for, for the young'uns, the people who were born perhaps in the 90s who might be listening to this, uh, it's, it's hard to sort of express just how impressive like Virtual Fighter actually was back in the day. I remember looking at it going, yeah, they're blocky. Like, yes, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, you know, the, the wool wasn't pulled over my eyes. I, I could see that it was very blocky, but I was also just really impressed by the motion of it 
the frame rate um, and just the way that they moved in a very realistic way. Uh, it was my only problem with mm. that game, and I do like it. I think I mm. think it was like a technical achievement for the time, and it, yeah. you know, it was an arcade game. What you got to remember is that they Sega still had a big arcade presence. Mm. Uh, that was definitely a, a large division of their wings back then. But my problem with it was the way they jumped. Because yes. it, when they jumped, everything would kind of go in slow motion. Not yeah. Just to keep the frame rate up. But it, mm. that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. But the way they jumped, it looked like uh, Bruce Lee jumping in a... Like in a movie where they slow it down. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they go to slow-mo all of a sudden. And the sense of gravity was just like... It looked quite realistic until you jump and then all of a sudden you're like, oh. Yeah, no, this this, this is... I suppose, you know, a fast-jumping polygonal form would probably be pretty dodgy. Yeah. But you, still. You'd want to make it a bit unrealistic because, mm. you know, realism isn't always fun, as we know, um, having played many games. Uh, so the idea behind Finding Vipers was to... Basically, just design a game that was pitched more towards Western audiences. Um, so, what they decided to do was was uh, mm, Americanify this game. If that's yeah, a word. Americanize. Americanize. Yeah, I think yeah. Westernize. I think. And Westernize, when we say that, yeah. what they did was mm. um, they changed the roster of characters to be like a, a hodgepodge of non-disciplined street fighting. Like, there's someone with roller skates, yeah. rollerblades, rather. Uh, and there's someone with a skateboard, yeah. And it gets worse from there. Yeah, a lot of teenagers in this game. In fact, I'd say I want to say that the majority of the of the roster, yeah, are teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there is a rollerblading lady and a skateboarding guy. Um, and there's a Raxel, I think his name is. Yes, there is a guy who has a, a, a an electric He's Axel Rose, basically. Basically, is Axel Rose. Um, yeah. So the idea was that by by having a cast of teenagers and and Axel Rose, that that would appeal more to the Western audience than the sort of more martial arts focused cast in Virtua Fighter. See, I wonder if it did. Did that work? Because I don't know. It was well received. I mean, the review scores were positive. Um, I don't have the Metacritic in front of me, but, you know, GameSpot, for example, gave it 8 out of 10. Um, you know, it's getting like three and a half out of five stars in some places. So that's, you know, it's an average to slightly above average game. Here we go. Yeah. So um, EGM gave it six out of 10. Mm, okay. Sega Saturn magazine, <laughs> unbiased source <laughs> that it is 94%. Oh, of course. Um, so, so, you know, I never saw this in the arcade. I have only ever seen fighting vipers on console and that's how you and I played it. That's we right. played it on my Japanese Sega Saturn, and it looked good. You know, it ran at 60 frames a second. Yeah. Um, the controls were tight. Yep. Um, they're a bit slow, like, and that's not to say that the there's, like, latency or anything. It's just the characters move a little, yeah. little on the slow side. Yeah, a little it, sluggish, yeah. It's, you know, still realistic enough. Uh, each character has a massive move list. Yeah. Um, the manual that comes with the game, although it's all in Japanese because you bought the Japanese version, yeah. um, is quite thick. It's it's a pretty hefty um, it manual. It is, and uh, it's kind of two small pages of nothing but move sets. Mm. And a lot of them are like, you know, back forward punch, forward forward punch, forward forward kick, you know. Yeah. And I don't think there are any projectiles, at least I've never found any. No, I don't think there are. But I don't think that's that's not really the virtual fighter there's, thing. And speaking know. of hobos, there's a lot of bum work in this game. <laughs> Do you mean you mean like moves where you hit someone with your ass? Yes. Yes. You turn around and you just kind of bash them with your butt into yep. the wall. Yeah. I, I did karate for a few years, and uh, that is definitely one of the. That's one of the secret that's a moves. sanctioned move. Yeah. <laughs> you have to get to like third damn black belt though before they teach you that. <laughs> 
That's like one of those secret, you know, like potentially lethal attacks. <laughs> Um, Not as soft as they look, eh? Yeah, look, the idea of someone actually turning around and shoving their bum into me during a, a, a fist fight, look, it would certainly throw me off. I'm not sure yeah. how much damage it would do, but it would it would definitely like, perturb me. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd start asking questions there. I'd start saying to the ref, is this, is this cool? Do I really want to fight this person? <laughs> so, look, it is it is fun. Yeah. Um, and, That's you know, fair. it's you're basically playing on a... More or less a 2D plane. The characters are 3D. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they are polygonal. Yeah. Um, but you are just kind of always facing each other, except kind of when you hit someone, they kind of roll to the side, and then when they get up, they're kind of... That's right. When you knock someone down, they often stand up to the left or right of where they were hit. And then yeah. it kind of uh, kind of matches you again. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of 2.5D, Yeah, I it's guess. not a true 3D in the same way that, like, one of the later Tekken games is, where you can actually sort of skirt around and sidestep. Mm. It doesn't have that level of... Uh... And you can't knock people out of the arena like you can in Virtual Fighter? No, I think only when you actually KO them. And then if you happen to be near the edge of the arena... And you hit them with a hard punch, they yeah. will go flying through the barrier. It'll break through the barrier. Like, there's always, like, a fence or a glass wall or something around the edge of the arena that, mm. that gets shattered, which is pretty impressive when it happens. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, um, so it was... Um, look, what are your thoughts on the game here? Look, um, it is fun. Would you recommend it? <sighs> look, it's tough because... It's pretty dated, right? Yeah. Um, and not just not just the um, the roster, which is like hilariously nineties. Like there is, like I said, there is a roller skating lady who whose outfit is like knee pads and a helmet and everything. There is a fourteen year old um, skateboarder who has Pepsi emblazoned on his pe- <laughs> on his. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the whole Pepsi merchandising thing a bit later. Yes, I think we'll we'll do that after but, we talk uh, to me. So the the roster is very sort of sickeningly nineties. Um, which is funny because it just hasn't dated well. But the gameplay as well is is pretty dated. This is a fairly early game in the history of 3D fighting games. So the gameplay is um, not as advanced as something like, you know, like the later Tekken games, for example. Mm. That being said, it's still fun. Yeah, you and I played it to completion. Yeah. Like we, we got to the end. The end boss's name is BM. BM. I think yeah. it, I don't know what it actually stands for, but I have a feeling it stands for Big Man. Uh, you know what? Actually, I have the answer to you here. So there's a character called Marla yep. in the game. Mm-hmm. And if you if you know your classical music, you know that's a reference to a, uh, a composer, mm-hmm. classical music composer. And then BM means Big Marla. Oh, and that's okay. actually a reference to another classical music composer. <laughs> Called Samuel Coleridge Taylor. That's a pretty like uh, what do you call like a deep cut? That's or like kind a, of yeah, a bit esoteric there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty obscure reference. Um, but if you're into classical music, you'll be like, oh, Big Marla. I've, I'm sure there's a big crossover between <laughs> Fighting Vipers. <laughs> that's right. So would you? Yeah, I mean, so that's a partial recommendation from from Rob. Yeah, look, it's aged poorly, but it's still fun. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's it's you know it's you could do worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you, AC? Well. I'm going to have to cut you off here, Robbie, mm-hmm. because there's something I have been neglecting to mention and you've kind of skirted upon. Okay. Is that, uh, yeah, we've got all these 90s characters, um, but there is the ultimate 90s character in a way. <laughs> That's right. If you play to the third, uh, we played as Grace. Grace was our main during our playthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i got to say, when you get to the end... Mm-hmm. Not really that worth it. Like, no. you, you, you get some nice still images and she appears to be naked with her back to the screen in the last one. You don't mm-hmm. see anything or anything. But Just a little a little hint. A little hint of it. Yeah. Um, we didn't need to see that. Nobody asked for it. No. Nobody wants to see well, naked teenagers as far as I know. It, but that's just me. It's a, <laughs> I'm a weird man. <laughs> weird, <laughs> creepy man. So, before I, th- I go on to this next point, I will mm. say I don't really recommend this game. I think... 
you don't even need to be that aware of it. I think you just need to play uh, any of the virtual fighter games originally to know what this is. Yeah, that's uh, true. It is the same game. It's the same engine. It's just got just. It's got different skins. Like a it. veneer yeah. of, of America over it. Yeah. Of what Japan thinks of America. There is one unique thing about this game. Mm. Is that if you fight um, the third character, which is the guy with the skateboard. Yes. That says Pepsi on it. Which yes. is, what was his name? R- Rasty? Uh, I think it's Picky. Picky. Okay, Picky. So I'm, I'm yeah, my, my knowledge on fighting vipers. <laughs> a name that strikes me. fear in the hearts of his enemies. If you lose... Uh, without taking a hit, yeah, like a so perfect you, loss. You need a perfect loss. You cannot. Sorry, you don't. You take all the hits. You cannot punch the other guy. Yes. You can't punch Picky. Um, and you really want to because that guy just looks like a fucking knob. He's fourteen. <laughs> He's a skateboard. He deserves to be punched. Yeah. So uh, if you lose one round to him, all of a sudden everything stops, goes black, says now loading, mm. and then it it goes to the. Um, the character select screen and starts flicking through and then this glorious glorious tune starts it goes Pepsi Man <laughs> that's right and Pepsi Man makes his debut that's right in yeah. video games so this is the very first time <laughs> Pepsi Man um, is seen in a video game that's right and you play him and you kick his ass because he's pretty easy but yes. he's got his theme, so that's that's the main thing. Yes, because what what is interesting about this game is that it in the Japanese release was filled with Pepsi. Um, what do you call? What do you call it? Like a what's the it's in game advertising is yeah, what it in-game is. Advertising. I was gonna yeah. I was gonna it's say product, product placement, placement, but, but it's yeah. it's a little bit beyond product placement. No, it's more overt than that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's not just. It is not just like saying, hey, drink Pepsi because it's good. It's like mm. Pepsi Man hitting you in the fucking balls and saying, have my drink. Yeah. If you don't, I'll kill you and I'll kill you anyway. In the background, there's like a big Pepsi billboard. Um, like, yes, like, like Picky does have Pepsi emblazoned on his skateboard. Oh, Robbie, you just said Pepsi three times in the one sentence. Does oh. that mean Pepsi Man's going to come to the door and punch me in the oh, face? Oh, no, that means we're going to review Pepsi Man now. Double feature. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, now our second featured game. We'll do this one real quick, guys. But, uh, guys and girls. This is our first time that we've ever re- reviewed two featured games in one episode, isn't it? Basically, we, we got to Pepsi Man. We thought it was bloody hilarious. Mm. Um, it, it really and then, is. And then I was talking... Uh, Rob had never seen Pepsi Man before, so I legally acquired a copy. <coughs> Sorry. Something... I've got pirates in my throat. <laughs> Um, clear them out. Um, so I got this copy of Pepsi Man, mm-hmm. and we played it. And what were your impressions of Pepsi Man? <laughs> oh man, look, it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what this game is is an endless runner. Not endless. No, it, it is. Not, a, it is a runner. It is a runner. It's not it, endless. It's not an endless. Run. It has an end. Thank God. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's basically like a three D. Runner, yeah. So Pepsi it's kind of like Crash, Crash Bandicoot, where you're either running away from the camera or running to that the is camera. Exactly the vibe I got was mm. that first couple levels of of um, Crash Bandicoot, mm. where that boulder's chasing you. So except that this was released in 1999 <clears throat> and on a very low budget. The budget was so low that they couldn't. They needed to cut pad out the game, yep. and they did that using FMV cutscenes of a big fat American guy drinking Pepsi, talking mm. about the game. Oh, I got some Pepsi for the game. And every time he takes a drink, the Pepsi Man, Pepsi Man theme, like, um, it's so arcs weird, up. Because he's like, it's like, he's, it's like a YouTube thing, but it's not YouTube. It's like, there's a really uncomfortable close up of this guy 
in his messy apartment. And he's not an attractive man. No, and he's, he's just eating. Not. And it's not just Pepsi. He's just like got a massive bag of chips or Doritos or something. <laughs> it's not an appealing image. It's like, do you want to be as cool as this fat loser? <laughs> this like clearly unemployed man. So um, for those who don't know what Pepsi Man is, um, just Google image search. It looks basically <laughs> like your generic 90s superhero, like in Pepsi colors of blue and silver. Mm. And he's just like this really ripped muscular guy and he doesn't have a face. He's just kind of got like- It's just, like the Silver Surfer, but Pepsi. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> exactly what he is. And you run through the level and it goes, Pepsi Man, do 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 Pepsi Man. And he's collecting cans of Pepsi. Of course he is. And the object of the game is to get to the end of the level and despite how much Pepsi you've collected he goes to a vending machine that says Pepsi on it picking up a theme here where he puts in a coin and gets some more Pepsi (laughs) I just want to point out here that I actually don't like Pepsi I (laughs) fucking hate Pepsi with good good reason yes you have a I want to say a vendetta I have have a chip on my shoulder against Pepsi I've got to say it all actually all harkens back to Back to the Future. Yes, there was a um, a perfect Pepsi. Um, a Pepsi perfect. perfect sorry, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. A Every- Pepsi perfect uh, promotion in 2015. Yes. They made five bottles mm-hmm. of this stuff. Well, they could have just had like a, a funky release just for like the month of October. Everyone would have got it. Everyone would have been happy. Instead, they made incredibly limited numbers. Scalpers got it and then charged like up the absolute wazoo for them so people who just wanted to have this as like a cool display thing mm-hmm. never got them yeah, yeah so and they never released it anywhere other than america and only a few cities in america so i just went i'm not drinking pepsi anymore and i just I haven't drunk pepsi since well there you go so that, that is the level of um of fandom um for back to the future that this man has yeah man, basically so, uh, do not underestimate his love and I just keep telling people, don't drink Pepsi. It's, yeah. it's not actually that popular in Australia anyway. You just, just hand out pamphlets saying, if you drink Pepsi, they'll steal your organs. Yeah, they will. <laughs> I've seen it done. Yeah. So anyway, back to Pepsi Man. It's a runner. You you go forward, collect pan, cans of Pepsi. Mm-hmm. It does change it up. Um, th- there's a giant can of Pepsi that's chasing you down the street. And then all of a sudden, yep. the camera's at the, he's running towards the camera. Yes, it's, it's literally the, that level from Crash, Crash Bandicoot. Bandicoot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, it's very funny. It's a un- unintentional, or perhaps intentionally funny. I think. I think it was self-aware to some extent. Yeah. Uh, it has to be. In so a way. Pepsi Man was kind of a mascot character uh, in Japan, where Pepsi Man would kind of arrive on the scene as a hero type of thing, but then you know, like get something wrong and take a pratfall and you know m- muck everything up. He was a comic relief character that sure. was meant to look cool but wasn't cool. And right, I've seen Pepsi Man merch. In Japan. Mm. Uh, and I've actually seen like big, like we're talking almost a foot high. Statuettes? Statue of like posable statue of Pepsi Man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the game that you buy, uh, it just has a Pepsi Man's head on it and just says drink. <laughs> <laughs> so this game um, has become something of a collector's item. Yeah. It was only released in Japan. Yes. And, and because of its comedic content... Both intentional and very unintentional, I think it's fair to say. Um, it's become, yeah, like something It's got a bit of a cult after. following. Yeah. So yeah. it's about a hundred bucks online. Yeah. So it's not easy to get a hand on this. Well, it is easy if you don't care about the law, uh, which we do because we love the law. And We're law-abiding citizens. We uphold the law to death. 
to, de- to death do us part, the law and I said. That, that's exactly what it is. So, with that out of the way. Um, so, would you recommend that people actually play this? Man, I would. This, I, this trash fire. I freaking would. Look, it's one of those rare games that is, like, really bad but in, in the right way. It's the good bad, yeah. you know? Which is, to me, almost as... Almost as good as like good, you know, like like good bad comes right after good. Mm. So, and in some ways, it's better than good because it's hilarious. It is. So, it is pretty funny. You would you were just cacking your ass off. Yeah, it's pretty great. Look for, I would say for about an hour, you're going to really have a funny time with mm. this game. After that, I don't know because it's annoying. It's as hell, dodgy <laughs> and it's not well made. So yes, I recommend it, but mm, maybe don't play it for longer than a couple of hours. AC, how do you feel about this game? Um, as someone who's actually played this before today, mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago, a very long time ago, I was aware of this. Um, but it's one of these games that has been picked up by the um, the YouTube community to some extent, sure. like some of the, the bigger um, the bigger players out there, like the completionists, have done it. Mm-hmm. And people talk about it because it's just a, such a funny thing. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that people play this game per se um, because there's no point. It's a trash fire. <laughs> it, it plays okay. The controls are pretty tight because it's a runner and it needs to be. Yeah, it does what it says on the box. Oh uh, well, actually, you, it doesn't drink. Yes. What people do in there do drink, but it made me drink. <laughs> Just not Pepsi. It'll send you to the bottle. Um, but I would recommend, and I, and this is actually a rare high recommendation of me, I recommend that you check out some of the Let's Plays on sure. on YouTube. It doesn't I, really yeah. matter if it's someone's talking over the top. I just want you to be aware of this game because it is terrible. But it's <laughs> this unique kind of terrible that you just don't see that much anymore. No, people don't do this. I think the only thing I can... The closest analogy would be those Burger King games that came out like about 10 years ago. Yeah, now. yeah. Um, that's probably the closest thing to this weirdness. Uh, so there you go. Pepsi Man, be aware of it. Just, uh, you know, do us a favour. Don't drink Pepsi. If you like our podcast, then why not check out some of the other great podcasts on Gunna Geek Network? Well, I, uh, I can think of a few reasons why not, but let's skip over that and talk about The Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe podcast. In the most recent episode, The Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. director, SP, Agent Lauren, and consultant Michelle discuss the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5, 13th episode, Principia. They also run down the Marvel News Roundup and discuss listener feedback. The agents reveal the new Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Amazon Alexa skill, review the story behind the Principia ship name, debate if the team should try to save Coulson, discover Deke's IQ, ponder Ruby's plan, welcome Candyman, and applaud Yo-Yo's non-inspiration porn recovery. That's the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., Another wonderful podcast on the Gunna Geek Network, GunnaGeek.com. And, and of course, that's what happens. Like, Coke goes through the body, ends up in the sewer, uh, people drink it again, and then what you get is Pepsi, and that's how they make it. It's fucking gross. 
And then the study actually proved that it causes cancer. Like, you drink Pepsi, you have a 96.7% chance of getting cancer in your life. That's a pretty high chance. It is incredibly high. I mean, you may as well just be drinking mud and water. Better consistency at the very least. Bloody hell. It's just absolutely gross. Can I maybe talk about my own No, shut up. I haven't done complaining yet. And Pepsi, the other thing is, I mean, if you just look at it, it makes you sterile. (laughs) Just looking at that blue and silver can, your sperm just wave a little white flag and just go, no, I'm just, no, I'm knackered. I don't want to go there anymore. I want to get some more Pepsi into my life. (laughs) Because sterility sounds pretty good right now. (laughs) Uh, Comedy, except it's not a joke at all. No. (laughs) What what about, what about that, uh, that love baby you and I were planning on making? (laughs) The ultimate comedy love baby. You mean the food baby? <laughs> that, you're, that you're currently nursing? Also made of Pepsi. Oh, God. Oh, I see. What have we done? <laughs> okay. All right, fine. I'll stop complaining about... No, Poopsie. Sorry, Pepsi. <laughs> God. All right. I have been playing... Actually, I haven't. I have been playing a singular video game, AC. I played more Sonic Mania mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit. Um, so it turns out that the level that I got up to mm-hmm. um, when I last talked about this game yep. is a very annoying level. Which one is it? Uh, the flying bullet zone. Um, oh, that's fun. You, f- you found that level fun. I found it super annoying. It is annoying, mm-hmm. but like it, it, you know, there's patterns. There's yeah. patterns to be had. I think, I think I just, what I've come to the conclusion is I just don't have enough time to tolerate a game that makes, that, that wants me to get better at it mm. you know which you is, want to pick up and play yeah i want to pick up and play and feel mm. like i'm progressing and like have like a baby experience you know like yeah i'm really good at this game and it's ha- holding my hand the entire time and and this game is not doing that it's it's old school and that's kind of cool in a way it's demanding that you play the game in the way that you played sonic games in the 90s and um it's just unfortunate that at my the current place i'm in right now in my life it's like I only have an hour to spare. I want to like put it this way: you got an hour to spare. Yep. You're like, okay, I could watch TV. Yep. Or I could play video games. Uh huh. TV, you turn it on, and if the show is reasonably good, you're going to have a good time. Um, TV's not going to be like, oh, you didn't do well enough, so now we're not going to give you the jokes. <laughs> you know, like that's not <laughs> how TV works. You know, whereas a game is like, you have to do well for the game to be fun you know yeah um, i guess i can see it. it's kind of funny you mention that it's like maybe we need to get the kiddies in front of like you know childhood obesity on the rise mm. get a um just put them on a like a push bike like yeah. you know like a stationary like exercise bike in front of it mm-hmm. they don't they don't they don't get the wiggles jokes unless they pedal for them <laughs> gotta add, add like an incentive add like some gameplay to tv basically yeah anthony's almost is like completely awake and still you start pedaling and then he falls asleep and then they sing the song wake up no is it jeff, jeff or anthony? well actually right now it's locky locky oh god I know, i'm yeah. so i don't know anything about the you're, wiggles i should you're behind on your wiggles lore I yeah see. i don't i don't know which one's which i mean <laughs> like they all regenerate and Kind of Actually, it's very true. <laughs> if any one of them dies, they immediately are replaced with the next, like the Phantom or yes, the Doctor Who or <laughs> the Phantom. Yeah, I am the ghost who sings. <laughs> I know way too much. Ask me anything about the Wiggles, AC. Um, is it 
true that they killed the cockroaches? They did. Okay, that's good. Cockroaches were like a, a childhood band from, from our time, possibly, yep. or a little bit after. They're buried in the back of Simon's yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we were talking about uh, Sonic Mania, Mania being yeah. a great game and you sucking at it. Yeah, I think that's the problem is that I want to be better at this game and I'm not. And mm. I don't have the time to get good at it. And so I'm complaining about it. So that's pretty crappy of me. So I'm not going to like go down that path much further. It's just more of a lament about where my life's at rather than a lament about that game, which mm. I'm sure is perfectly fine. Um, it is a good game, but it is challenging. Like it is a yeah. hard, it is a difficult game. It is like, it like, is a Sonic game. Like the first level is like Sonic. super easy and fun, yeah. you know, and like you go, cool, this is, this is, this, I got through this pretty quickly. Um, second level, you know, introduce a bit of challenge. Third level, it's like, okay, now you have to actually try. Um, but there are some points where I, I just felt like mm, the game isn't telling me, like I'm repeatedly dying at the same point. Yeah. And, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So what? which level is it? It's zone two of the flying bullet zone. Um, and there's a part where, if you remember, you get catapulted very fast and you're running along the edge of the ship and then you actually run underneath the airship. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I fall off the airship Ooh, okay. every time and die. Mm, okay. And I, the momentum I have, I, it, I just slow down. It doesn't down. carry you? It doesn't carry me and I fall down and die. And, and I've lost many, many lives. Mm. I've probably lost like over a dozen lives. I've restarted many times and just keep dying that's more than halfway through the game isn't it no it's like the third it's the third world okay maybe i'm maybe i'm remembering differently i'm not sure at this point whether i'm just you know missing something obvious i think i think you might be missing something because it's not it does that that wasn't something you got stuck on so this is something unique to me yeah 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 yeah. because it's impressive like you're like wow i'm running on the bottom of the ship and i'm going so fast that gravity doesn't even matter yeah and then gravity does matter and i die (laughs) Um, just like real life so I'm not sure what the problem is there's like a lot of weird wind and turbulence mechanics in that level and I might be running into something like that yeah like maybe I need possible. to jump or something I don't know anyway um, so that's been annoying me but um, other than that I have been watching more Tintin AC okay so here's the life segment and yep. your life at the moon consists of studying astrology and Tintin that's right and, um, and that's sh- what the punters come here for damn it I'm sure none of you want to hear about astrology so let's talk about Tintin AC um yeah, I've been watching more, and I feel like I didn't talk about it at all last episode, so I have I have free reign <laughs> to talk about Tintin in this episode. I won't I won't bore you too much, but I really was struck by so I was watching Tintin in Tibet. Okay, okay, which is um, the most mystical Tintin story I want to say. It's got the most like apart from perhaps the Seven Crystal Balls, um, it has a lot of like magical mystical stuff happening in it. Like the plot starts with. Um, Tintin reads like a newspaper report that a plane's crashed in Tibet. Yeah. And then he has a dream and it's from the planes from China. And he has a dream that his friend Chang, who's Chinese, duh, um, <laughs> was on the plane and is alive and is survived and, and has survived the crash. And because of that dream, he gets like impelled. Like he, he can't help himself, but mm. travel to Tibet and look for him. Yeah. So, um, and, and he has a few dreams. It's not just one dream. He has like a few dreams yeah. that sort of like end up making him go like, right, we've got to go. We have to, we have without, to do with this. No evidence of yeah. anything. He just goes, right? They say no survivors, but he reckons, he reckons he's mate Chang. Yeah. So he goes off and, and, you know, goes into the Himalayas to look for Chang. And, mm. and I was watching this. I was going, wow, he really likes Chang enough to do this. And I thought to myself, and I'm sorry to say this AC, but I don't care how many times you pester me in your dreams. I am in my dreams. I am not going to look for you in the Himalayas. If, if you're st- you are if you're stuck in the Himalayas, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to haunt your ass. <laughs> That's fine. You're me just- and my Yeti buddy. <laughs> I'll be like, he's done for. <laughs> the podcast is mine. It's all mine. 
Because, yeah, there's no way in hell that I'm going to go searching for you in the Himalayas, <laughs> no matter how much you pestered me in your in my dreams. So um, that that was funny. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention quickly, we talked a lot about in the previous discussion, our previous Tintin rant, yeah. about the prevalence of chloroform. Yeah, we, we actually even kind of had our own meme off air about that. Like we every time you say, I'm watching meme, oh, I'm watching Tintin, I say, you've got chloroform now. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, this reached... I think we got to what I like to call peak chloroform, <laughs> where in the episode Tintin in the Land of Black Gold, uh-huh. they chloroformed Snowy. <laughs> oh, gosh. They chloroformed a dog, I see. Can you do that? I'm assuming you can. Are you pro- the thing is, like, the reality of chloroform is it's actually super dangerous and can lead to brain damage and even death if yeah, you overdose yeah. people on it. And the other thing is that it's it's not as quick acting as you think it is. No. Um, so you actually kind of need to like get people to breathe it in for quite a while before it knocks them out. Yes. Yeah, so not that, not that we would know. Oh, dear. It's a date rape drug. Um, <laughs> we do not condone the use of chloroform, especially on dogs. <laughs> But it was very funny. Did you did you really have to just mention date rape and then dogs in the same? I did in the same paragraph. I did. I did. I see. I did. I did it. I love that dog. I, I love stand Snowy. by that comment. I will. I will fight. All right, liberal okay. media, take me on. <laughs> you and the liberal media again. Yeah, and I'm always about that. So look, yeah, pretty funny that Snowy got chloroform. That is pretty much peak chloroform. You chloroform a, a dog. <laughs> So uh, it's, it's interesting that you mention uh, Tintin in Tibet. Yes. Because Hoje, uh, the reason he did that story oh. is because Hoje himself was actually um, suffering from nightmares at the time and nightmares about him being trapped in a mostly white place. Wow, okay. And it was he was talking about this. I remember seeing a, a documentary about it on, on SBS many years ago. Um, of he had a real big fear about being stuck, and it wasn't necessarily snow, but it was him being completely isolated and everything was white. Right. Okay. So he decided he felt that he needed to tell a story, uh, and Tintin in Tibet is mostly white, white landscapes. It's still yeah. very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is mostly white. Mm. And apparently after he did that story, he stopped having the dreams. There you go. He stopped Exor- having the nightmares. Exorcised his demons. He did indeed. That's and that's fascinating. what, uh, you know. And Look, it's a pretty rad story. I like it is. That one. It does actually have a yeti in it. Yes, it's cool. And I, I really like the, se- the segment, the sequence where they visit the monastery. And there's some weird mystical stuff happening mm. in the monastery. There's the guy that like levitates and has visions and things like that. That struck me as a kid, you know, kind of like, mm, I think, I guess I've always had an interest in like, just weird mystical paranormal crap. Surprise, surprise. Um, so that one appealed to me a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, the show's good. I'm still enjoying it a lot. Uh, I'm up to the Castafiore Emerald. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a bit, that's a bit of a joke. Yes. Sort of. Um, yeah, it's a light. It's kind of a comedy It's a light relief, tintin. Yeah. yeah. Filler episode, you could say, almost. I mean, there's some interesting stuff. Because, okay, this is what I want to touch upon. Because we talked a bit about how racist Tintin is. It's pretty racist. Um, this is an episode that kind of tries to buck that trend a little bit. The, the If you remember from the book, and it's similar in the, in the, in the, in the episode on TV... Um, it opens with uh, gypsies moving into the neighborhood and T- Haddock like very kindly offers to, like, oh, you can stay on my land if yeah. you want because they're staying in a garbage dump and he feels sorry for them. So he lets them stay on yeah, his he, land. He, he gives them the southern quarter or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then stuff starts going missing at the mansion and and people like leap to blame <clears throat> the gypsies. <clears throat> and then, you know, but Tintin's kind of like, no, I just don't think that that's right. Yeah. And in the end, it turns out that it wasn't, I mean, no spoil. I'm not going to give away the, 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 the twist ending. Tweet, tweet. 
but um, but it wasn't the gypsies. It uh, wasn't no, but I yeah. remember that because gypsies are, are such a more prevalent uh, thing in in Europe yeah. than it is here. Like we know about gypsies and and we, we've heard about their. We have that stereotypical image of gypsies. Yeah, yeah. We never really met one. I mean, there probably yeah, are living people in who... wooden caravans and like you yeah. know moving from place. They're nomads basically. Mm. But yeah, we've never we don't really have that culture here i think like, there may be romani people living in australia but they probably i mean they're not they're not, they're not living nomads. in the caravans yeah, and things yeah. like that necessarily nomadic yeah so i thought that was cool because yes there is a, a long history of tintin sort of exhibiting like it's it's not so much like overt racism but what is like cultural superiority like like that the western culture is superior to your culture that kind of attitude that, that happens a lot yeah. in tintin and so this is different because it's it's like happening within europe and it's broadly speaking like mm. one european like race against another um and, and 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 that comes out as being quite a sort of inclusive and like uh what's the word um you know like a nice moral about you know, hey, maybe don't just judge people by what you hear about them. Yeah, um, I, I think that I think um, Hergé gets a lot better with that stuff towards the yes, end. Yes, there's definitely an evolution. Uh, um, I, I think I think it all started uh, because he did a lot of early racist stuff. But when he did um, that, uh, the book about China. Yes. Um, I think editors and other people came to him and said, "Look, if you're going to do this, do it right. Yeah. Don't do the stereotypical, yeah. uh, you know, Chinaman opium, you know, dens and stuff like that." And yeah, yeah. There was a, still a bit of that in there. But that's because the plot, overarching plot of like about twenty Tintin books is like this opium smuggling. Yeah, like with uh, Rastapopoulos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's just part of the Tintin mythos. But uh, yes, I think it's fair to say that he got more sensitive to these issues. Over but Hoshe kind of. Is interesting because he even got towards aliens at the end. Yeah, that's right. Like Flight Seven One Four, I think the name of that book yep, is. Like that's it right. Does, it literally has aliens at the end of it. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like the way that a lot of these things go, because some of them have a little touch on mysticism and a little touch here, and yeah, there are things that they can't quite explain, and then the seven crystal balls, and then there's this one episode where they're stuck on an island, and uh, you know, there's aliens, and I think they get their memories wiped at the end. That's right. Yes. Yeah. It was, I watched that episode pretty recently. Um, that was a really it's one of the latter books. Certainly. One of the yeah, and, and it's really like a um, it bringing to bringing together a lot of the the villains and, and characters from previous books. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Scoot turns up, um, Alan Scoot. turns up again. Oh yeah, um, yeah. A lot of a lot of like classic Tintin characters. So yep, still enjoying that. Um, recommend it if you have Netflix. Check it out. Um, but just keep in mind that it's a bit dated. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, AC. What have you been doing? Look. Um, I thought I would bring some life stuff up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people already know this, and there are a lot of people who won't know this, um, but I have been going to Sydney for some tests to try and find out where my daughter's uh, condition um, she suffers from something called FEVR, mm-hmm. um, uh, which makes her uh, sight impaired, severely sight impaired. She's legally blind. Mm. Um, and we're trying to find out where it came from. And my wife got tested. She was fine. No abnormalities, despite the fact that if you take her glasses away from her, she is blind as well. <laughs> she has incredibly poor eyesight. It's quite ironic there in some yeah. ways. Yeah, uh, <laughs> She's <laughs> chuckling in the back. She is here. She's listening. <laughs> um, and I thought, oh, I've always, I've had really good eyesight most of my life. I've only really needed glasses for, for distance from one eye uh, fairly recently. Mm. I got myself tested thinking this will be a chuckle. They'll come back. They'll say nothing's wrong. They came back and they said, ah, 
actually, something's wrong. Mm. And I did a double take and went, you fucking what? Wait, wait, what's going on? So I went back for some further testing a couple of weeks ago, uh, just before the last episode, or just after the last episode of this came out. And it turns out that I, too, have FEVR. Nice. So I have something, and I've seen the pictures of the inside of my eyes. Like, they fill you with this fluorox dye stuff. Um, it turns your blood yellow so they can uh, photograph it uh, using a, a very special $200,000 camera, which they love telling you it's worth $200,000. <laughs> uh, don't kick it. But I, I was a very unhelpful patient because I kept blinking uh, because bright light and especially scanning bright light really hurts my eyes. I can't keep them open, like, sure. just naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it turns out that I have FEVR, just not at the same level that my daughter does. Like a mild case or something like that? Or? It's not so much mild that it's in a different part of the eye. So right. it kind of tugs on the blood vessels. So a normal blood vessels, you see like the veins go all the way around the eye. Mm. On mine, they go about halfway. And then beyond that, there's darkness. Right. So it, it's actually kind of, there's like a, a fault in the muscle that's actually pulling everything away. Mm. Now... The fold of muscle um, of of blood vessels is over my daughter's macula, right? Which which is what is responsible for fine detail, meaning driving, reading, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Other yeah, than yeah. seeing colours and vague shapes, so she doesn't have that. That's why she's legally blind. Mm. Um, it is not over my macula, uh, which is why it's never been picked up before, and they needed this special dye to see what was going on. Mm. So I have been light sensitive. I have worn sunglasses and sometimes indoors all of my life. Yeah. And apparently that's been responsible for that as well. Right. Uh, and it's just one of those quirky things that too much light is entering my optic nerve, which makes it a bit painful for me. Hence me being an uncooperative patient. So we've kind of got to the bottom of where it came from. And it was a bit of a shock to me, actually, especially yeah. seeing my mutant freak eye on the on the display. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but the good news for me is that if it does start to degrade, um, like if it starts, you can, you can, I'll notice because I'll get black spots or everything will go blurry Mm. and they can use laser Mm -hmm. to stop it or cryo, which sounds even more frightening than laser to me. Mm. It does sound like freezing it, but apparently like I can stop it so long as I go to the doctor beforehand. I just need to get regular checkups every year. Right. Okay. So I'd like to say mystery solved, done and dusted, but we don't know where I got it from. Right. This is the other question is, is it, is it is it in the rest of the family? That's right. Is it just what about your brother? Uh, is what my about? brother a carrier? Yeah. Are his children carriers? So I think my brother's gonna get himself tested. My dad got himself tested and okay. they didn't find any evidence of FEVR in him. Interesting. So we don't still don't know where it came from. So now I've got this the dubious responsibility of of going and it sounds like I've got like, like some kind of STD. It's like I gotta go on, you know, tell people the rest of my relative, yo, get yourself checked. <laughs> And I'd just like to say right now, I have not had sex with any of my relatives. Remember that night back in 99 <laughs> where we had a bit of a dream and something happened? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't make, don't make light of this because no, it's shocking. It's a shocking... But night. I do have to tell people because it is found in me and not just my daughter. Because if it, was mm. just, if it wasn't found in me, it would mean that Maria and I mm. had some sort of weird uh, 
connection mm. in terms of genealogy that just it's sparked this mutant. It, yeah. yeah, but it turns out I had it and it was passed on through me. Right, yeah, yeah. So we got to investigate this a little bit more. Um, if it wasn't in Dad, maybe it was on my mother's side who I don't have a whole lot of contact with because they're all... Um, completely sane people who I love and cherish. Yes. No, uh, my mum's not the sanest person on earth. The rest of the family's okay. You're <laughs> estranged is probably the best way to say. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's the best way. So I, I, I gotta I gotta do some courtesy calls there, which I'm not looking forward to. Sure, sure. Um, but other than that, I have been playing a ton of video games. Well, that's good because I've been playing very little video games, AC. So I'm very pleased to hear that. Um, I have been playing. Uh, I actually played some Donkey Kong. And tonight I'm actually wearing a Donkey Kong t-shirt. You are, well. yes. And it just came about because uh, Billy Mitchell... Yes, uh, famed, I was wondering whether we talk about this or not. Uh, ...famed asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Billy Mitchell. No, no, the guy's an asshole. Like, he, he talks up his assholeness. Is that a word? I think I'm, I used to be an English teacher. That's a word now. Assholeness, look it up. Under, under AC's personal dictionary. Uh, you know, he, he likes to play a heel uh, and promote hot sauce or something stupid like that. Yes. He wears an Amer- American flag tie as well quite often. Yeah, that tells you the kind of guy he is. Um, but basically, if you haven't heard, and you should have by now, uh, he all of his records were pulled because it was discovered that he was using something dodgy to get his uh, high score in uh, Donkey Kong. He was apparently the first person to reach one million points, mm-hmm. and that has come under dispute. Yes, now yes. Um, because it's, it's obvious that he was using Mame or some other dodgy way of rendering things. So, so the. It was in his favour. And his perfect Pac-Man, that's been stolen from yeah, him as well. Yeah, whether he did a perfect Pac-Man, he may, because I know that the guy is still good at games. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not making the assertion that he's not, but I am making the... I'm not even an allegation anymore. He's just a cheater. It's 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 more or less factual at this point. I mean, yeah. there's not... Look, if there is room for doubt, I haven't seen the evidence for that room for doubt. Mm. Um, and he's not done a lot of... He said some stuff in response, but none of it is sort of like a concrete denial or rebuttal. It was just, frankly, bizarre what he yeah. said in response. But yeah, but uh, basically, I, it caught me thinking. I have Pac-Man on my main cabinet. Mm-hmm. So I fired it up. Unfortunately, it's in uh, landscape, yeah. not portrait, so it doesn't uh. look quite right. Um, it turns out the original Donkey Kong game, really fun. Also, really fucking hard. <laughs> Donkey Kong, not an easy game. Not an easy game. Um, I played it before on there and thought, oh, this game is a bit dodgy because it doesn't have the level that I wanted to play. It only has two levels. Mm. I was wrong. Mm. The way the Donkey Kong cabinet works is it goes first level, second level, first level, third level. And then it it, ki- it doesn't go up consistently. It right. kind of keeps going back to the original level and then the next level is a different level. Mm. So the NES version was missing a level, the cement factory level, which looks like pies. Okay. Like it's a really odd level. I don't think I've ever played it. I've only ever seen screenshots of it. Mm. Mm. But when I was trying to get up to that level to play it, I kept dying and mm. it was a lot of fun, but you don't, there's no continues in Donkey Kong. Yep. You can pump it full of credits, but you just keep going back to the start. How high can you get? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's amazing how well that game holds up, mm. but it is still because of the randomness of the barrels and Mario or Jumpman, 
or Mr. Video, depending on uh, what you want to call him back yeah, then. Yeah. Uh, that guy, that his plumber ass is slow. So I was going to ask you, like, because it's been a while since I played this game, hmm. like, how does it handle? How's the controls? Look, it's not spot on. The, the main uh, gripe I have with that game is that you need to make sure you get to the very, very top of the ladder. Not only after you get to the top, it's like you have to press up again once more to get mm. him, and then left or right to get him off the ladder. Yeah. And... And, you know, the guy jumps. It's a bit slow, but it is still fun. I will give it that. Mm. There's a basic micro-review of Donkey Kong. It's yeah. slow, it's early, but it's still good. Play it. Sure. Um, and interestingly enough, just as a bit of trivia, the Famicom, which would later become the NES, was created um, with uh, Yamauchi, uh, CEO and owner of Nintendo back then, mm-hmm. saying... I want a home-like uh, device that can play the full Donkey Kong experience. There you go. And it was very close, and they took out the cement mixer level. Right. So it's almost almost exactly what he wanted. Almost, yeah. yeah. That's as good as they could get it using 1983 technology. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of like, would you argue from that then that the Famicom is the original like arcade experience in the ho- in home? You know? Like, uh, well, I mean- like that dream has sort of was realized a lot earlier than we thought. No. Um, <laughs> like that's that's kind of dodgy because Pong is kind of that. Yes, really. that's true. That's true. Like Pong was was something that was easily duplicated. Well, not easily, but it was duplicated enough on TVs, and that was pretty much what you got in the arcade. So. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so other than that, as I said, I got God of War today. We haven't started it yet. It's your. I can tell that you're itching, both of you, actually, because Maria is a super fan of God of War. Yeah, she's actually played through them, and I loved watching her play them. Mm. And this has got. Christopher Judge, who was Tilk in Stargate SG-1. And you are a super fan of Stargate. So. I am. I just want to hear this guy talk as Kratos. It's almost like this, like, perfect Venn diagram of both of your, like, passions. <laughs> or not, I mean, this is not, this is not, like, Maria's, like, primary passion in life. Like, in the same way that Stargate is for you. But, <laughs> no. um, but it's a pretty big, you know. I've just heard really good things about it. Uh, I want to get into it. I just, I <clears throat> didn't get enough time uh, because I was doing stuff to get uh, Pepsi Man in a playable state for us uh, i really like, appreciate you doing that because because it was very funny <laughs> it was very funny it was worth it so i appreciate you guys putting off playing god of war for that so we're uh we're watching this sorry we're um we're planning our sunday around god of war so that's good that's that's gonna be good but uh other than the that, lord's day you know what better way to spend oh yeah god of war jesus i mean you know he's, he's already he's already got like the the greek pantheon he's going after the norse pantheon i think you know what's coming next day eh? krishna we've got your, <laughs> got, a <target laughs> we on your head. Got, got a target <laughs> yep all right um that that'd be an interesting fight actually just kratos and jesus in the ring <laughs> just like duking it out <laughs> it's so much of a pantheon though because once you've killed jesus and his dad then it's that's it that's done <laughs> Maybe Mary. I don't know if you're a Catholic, but that's... Yeah, yeah. Mary, Mary could go... The Holy Spirit. I don't know how he'd kill the Holy <laughs> how Spirit. How fight the Holy Spirit? I'm sure there's a way. The, the Kratos would find a way. <laughs> you know what? I reckon Kratos... Kratos would just get one of those proton packs from Ghostbusters and go, you think you're a rock? <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> or you just eat one of those like, power pills from Pac-Man. He's just like, <laughs> the light is green. The trap is clean. <laughs> oh... Oh, Kratos. Yeah. Oh, that wacky Kratos. Let's see what he's up to next. Uh, I'm looking forward to to getting into that. Yeah. But um, the last part of this will be you and I Mm -hmm. uh, have played some games together 
yes. that wasn't actually related to the show. I like know. we actually had a gaming night. Yes, believe it or not, we do things outside of the podcast together sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes I swallow my pride and <laughs> that's not true. Um so we actually had a Sega Saturn night, a lot what I'd like to call a 32-bit night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rob and I, uh, we just sat down and I was just in there. I just had a hankering to play some, some Sega Saturn games. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did play some Muramasa first, yeah. uh, on the PlayStation TV for PlayStation Vita. Yes. We'll talk about that at a later date. Uh, I'm loving that game, mm. uh, but we're going to review it properly, but it means both of us playing through it properly. Yeah, it's the kind of game where you can't really give it a proper review unless you've really dug into it. So, yeah, um, so we, we're, we're very dedicated to that, but it also means both of us playing through it. So we'll, we, we will get to that as a bit of a teaser for you, Muramasa, so far. Excellent game. Yeah. yeah very right. good. Um, but the other games we played were uh, Vampire Hunter. Yes. What was your take on that one, Robbie? Vampire Hunter. Now, wait a minute. You have to remind me. So, Vampire Hunter is a Capcom game. Is it a fighting game? It is a fighting game. We played mostly fighting games this night, actually. <sighs> is it? It's not that... Oh, God, it's yeah. the one with uh, the cat girl, Felicia. Oh, so it's it's in that vein of um of uh, Darkstalkers and stuff. Yeah, yes, it's the yes. second Darkstalkers game. Yes, of course. On okay. Right, now yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was fun. It was yeah. Good. It was a good game. I like, I, mean, I like Darkstalkers, um, and not just because there's pretty ladies in it, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but because it's it's a fun, different game, to, it's, it's quite different to Street Fighter, you know? It is, I mean, it uses a lot of the, the tropes of the controls. Yeah, the controls but, are the same, more or less. Like, but the sprites and the settings are very different, they're, they're all supernatural, yeah. you've got Frankenstein... I love that uh, vibe. Frankenstein's monster, and you've got uh, vampires, <coughs> zombies, yeah. um, succubus. It's basically the idea is that there's like, it's monsters and the people who want to kill the monsters. So mm. vampire hunters, um, you know, general killjoys, <laughs> you know, the losers that want to go out and clean up the world from all the paranormal stuff that's happening. And that was good. Yeah. That, so- that, was, a, that was a fun game. Yeah, definitely. I really like the vibe of those. Uh, we played Saturn Bomberman, which I love. Um... It is one of the only games on the Saturn which you can actually have 10 players on. Amazing. Yeah. So I really wanted to get... I don't have the adapters to get that amount of players. Mm. One day I want to get that and just have a, a big projector on the side of like a, just a massive... Bomberman tournament. Yeah, just have a, just a, a massive Bomberman tournoi. Yeah, I like that. Uh, with 10 people. That, that's that's like the ultimate goal of, of what we should be doing. Look, I would I would join you in that and I would be the first person to fall out of that yeah. tournament. Yeah, okay. So the thing with Rob is that Rob and I, we, we both like Bomberman. Yes, that's true. We are both terrible at Bomberman. I think I, I want to say I'm... I'm significantly worse at this game than you are, though. Yes. Rob, I wanted to kill first off, but I couldn't even get to him because no. Rob kills his himself yeah. first. You don't get a chance to kill me. I'm too busy doing that myself. <laughs> Look, I think the thing Rob is... Rob has a cunning plan, and that cunning plan is drop two bombs and trap himself in a corner. I think the, the, the real problem is I've never actually owned a Bomberman game. I've yeah, never actually yeah. had an opportunity to sit down and get good at it. So the only time I ever play Bomberman is at... In a scenario like this where I go to someone's house and they've got Bomberman and I'm like, all right, cool. This is fun. And um, the idea of Bomberman in my head is like way more fun than than like, well, I think, look, if I was good at it, I would have a lot more fun with it. But because I just die immediately, the fun in that game for me is watching other people play it. Yeah. And seeing how they cope with that craziness. 
So, yeah. And craziness it is, too. Yeah, like, super fun. I, I really love that game. I just suck at it. So. It is. Yeah, and we're, like, we played the computer, and the computer we had set to easy, and the computer still kicked our asses. <laughs> um, yeah, it just it, it just got a bit sad after a while. You were literally saying things like, wow, are you dead already? Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to kill you once. Like, this constant surprise that I was dead was the, the thing. The three times in a row, actually. Yep. Like, you killed yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we played Pocket Fighter, which is like a chibi version of a Capcom game. Mm. Uh, that was fun because it changes things up. There's only kind of like four playable buttons in that game. Yes. It's very uh, simplified. It is very simplified. And gems drop. The more gems you get, the more powerful your character gets. Yeah. The more you can beat the ever-loving snot out of your opponent. It kind of reminds, it's kind of a more, uh, again, I don't know whether this is what they were going for, but it kind of reminds me of how, like, in some Nintendo games, there's stuff that's there to make it a little easier, but a little more fun, a little less difficult for new players mm. to get into. Because, like, if you pick up a lot of gems, for instance, you can kick someone's ass um, pretty easily. And, um, and it seems to be there to kind of, like, add this little sort of, like, element of, like, a swing dynamic, yeah, like, in yeah. a, like in Mario Party or something, where it just for no apparent reason, just gives the person who's losing a whole lot of, um, you know, boost. But um, it's not necessarily the person who's losing. Like, no, people just, drop gems, and if you're powerful and you get them first, you become even more powerful. Like, yeah. if you're if you're Ryu or Ken, mm. you still have your Hadouken. Yes. Uh, but it's, it only goes, like, a quarter of the way across the screen. But mm. the more gems you pick up, the bigger it gets and the more across the screen it goes. Yeah, so there's this little wild card element mm. or, like, a little element of random, like, just something there that might be might seem like bullshit if you're a true fighting game person. Because it's adding this sort of like mechanic that's you know, you know, it's not pure. It's not the pure finding game no, experience. But the other great thing about that game is the backgrounds. You've got, you've got like uh, bison like yes. snowboarding or yeah. like on a sled, like a toboggan behind them. Yes. Uh, and it, there's just all these funky like Capcom little references. It's just a fun game. I like, love. It's just yeah. a fun, fun ass game. Probably my favorite thing in finding games is the backgrounds. Yeah. And what <laughs> and the weird stuff that goes on in them. And and this game is like. A, you know, is very good in that regard. So, yeah. And uh, the last game for Seeker Saturn we played was Super Puzzle Fighter 2. Yeah. I don't think there was a one or a normal Puzzle Fighter. It's just Super Puzzle Fighter 2. It is a puzzle game. Yes. Uh, with Street Fighter characters. Mm-hmm. And as you drop your, your little you know, gems, gems yeah. um, and, and do combos and stuff... Um, you get to see the Street Fighter characters do moves on each other. Yeah. So if you do, it's it, quite distracting, actually. It actually is because you really don't want to be looking at at the characters. You want no. to be focusing on what you're doing. Um, so it's kind of pure pure esque, yes. but the, the mechanics are a little bit different. It's a slightly bit different, but yeah, the closest thing I could say was pure pure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that was um, that was a really fun game. Uh, Rob and I were pretty much evenly matched in a lot of these. Yeah, and that made it good because I don't like playing fighting games or puzzle games with people who are like significantly better or worse than me because it just stops being fun. Yeah, exactly. Know? The other person gets frustrated, but we were. <clears throat> I think um, like I think you were. Uh, a bit better than Puzzle Fighter 2, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 at me, mm. than me. Um, and I think I was pretty good at Vampire Hunter for whatever reason. Yeah. Like I, just, I was just able to, to tune the characters to my style of play. But overall, it was pretty even. And the last game we played for the night was Metal Slug X, which I have for PS1. Yeah, and damn, that game's good, isn't it? God, yeah. That was a, that was just a perfect way after playing fighting games and puzzle games, just mm. like having a pure... Just run and gun. Yeah. To to end off the night. Yeah. That was just that was just a fun ass time. I have a massive and you do too, a yeah. massive love for Metal Metal Slug. I think look, 
it's one of those games that it's not at the forefront of my mind and it didn't make my top 10 list you know years ago when we did our top 10s for this podcast in another life another world yeah um but when i think about that game it's up there for me all the, the whole metal slug series except for the mobile game which is a piece of crap um is how a fence game apparently yeah, it's yeah. look shit house uh, i can talk about that game if you want but no no no, yeah, no. Let's, let's leave that there's there's a lot of really great metal slug games out there and the vibe of them the way they look the way they play everything about those games is just super up my alley um and it's the opposite of my like usual like I like a really like deep historical strategy game a lot of the time. But, but this, this is, is so pick up and play. Yeah. Like and this is like Metal Slug X is not ten. It is like the third or fourth entry in the series. Like the f- I think it's the third. Like the first two are mm. like World War Two esque yes. uh, with Nazi esque ones, and this one's kind of set in the Middle East with pyramids and mummies and yeah, it's quite different. Yeah, it is quite different. Like which- thematically, but not gameplay the same. Oh no, identical, yeah. identical gameplay, but but still loads of fun and a great way to end the night. Totally. And uh, let's move on to the quiz. All right, let's quiz it up. So, would you like me to talk like Christopher Lambert from Highlander for this entire segment? Because <laughs> really? this is what we were doing in the break. I really would. This is actually how Christopher Lambert talks when he is speaking in English. <laughs> Look, I said it before. I'll say it again. <laughs> there could be only one. You are very good at doing Christopher <laughs> Lambert. Disturbingly good at it. So. Oh, it's funny. I love that guy. I love Christopher Lambert so much. He's he's great. He's great. He's just so fantastic. Uh, he is he is nothing. He is himself. And that's he's just all kind of. And, and as we were saying before, the guy is blind, and he was swinging a sword around most of the time. But it turns out, without his glasses, I really need my glasses. <laughs> he's just. He can't see anything. Uh, like, oh, he probably almost killed Sean Connery and he wasn't even in a fight with him. That's probably the reason he, like, got into those Mortal Kombat movies. He couldn't even read the script. <laughs> I, I am... I am... I am Leiden, <laughs> Lord of the Thunder. <laughs> it's Raiden, Chris. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I bring you the good wishes. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. Uh... Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay, fine. so Andrew and Robbie. We're doing a quiz, AC, as we, we do are, in every yeah. episode of Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian Aust- edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Yeah, yeah, they, we're the good version. The-, <laughs> <laughs> the original and the best, some the, might oh, say. Yeah. Some might say, like me. Uh, we have a quiz. Ten questions. Mm-hmm. This is a quiz that we have both come <clears> to know and love. It's a little quiz I like to call Simpsons or SimCity. It's only been like, what, three episodes since I've done this, so I trotted, trotted it out again. I do like this quiz. Um, and look, this one has a little bit of a theme. Okay. <clears throat> we, one might call it social media or SimCity. So, so SimCity is just which came first, uh, Simpsons or SimCity, and I can't remember. Technically the Simpsons. Technically on the Tracy Ullman show, but actually, actually Sim, SimCity. SimCity before it became a SimCity. That's right. So it's an annoying... It's, it's a, diff, it's it's, an it's annoying a technicality name. there? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, So this quiz is basically... So the <clears throat> problem I have with Simpsons or SimCity, I yep. see, is that um, video games have only been around for about, like... You know, at best sixty years, and and re- and realistically forty years. Yeah, yeah. Um, which doesn't any meaningful. It doesn't give you a lot of historical events to work with. No. Um, but social media. A lot of yours have had to do with Reagan in the past. I yeah. want to say. Yeah, or like all sort of like Vietnam War and <laughs> a lot of wars, basically. Okay. Um, yep. So what's this one? So this one is about. So basically, it's all. Um, 
internet juggernauts or video games. Okay. okay? So right. are you ready for... Okay. I, am, I, am, I am the ready. All right. Qu- 10 questions. Let's play Simpsons or SimCity. Question number one. Which came first? The Google or the Dreamcast? Um, I want to say Google. Correct. 1998. And Dreamcast is 99. So correct points on the board for you, AC. Okay. Question number two. Facebook or Super Mario Sunshine? Oh, Mario Sunshine. Correct. 2002. Yep. Facebook, 2004. Yes, I do. Yep. They go both um, monstrous travesties. Um, but damn, damn fucking skippy. Question number three. Moving yep. on. Uh, which came first, YouTube or Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker? Oh, oh, that's actually a good question. I'm going to say Wind Waker. Correct again. Uh, Wind Waker 2003, YouTube 2005. Mm. I can still remember being on IRC around 2006 and someone linking me to a YouTube video and me being like, what is this site? You I know? remember yeah. like just trying to look up old this? Animaniacs shorts and being disappointed there were only like three on there or yeah, something like that due to copyright. A, and I'm like, going, oh, this, wasn't, this wasn't what I wanted. Back then it was basically like funniest home videos, the website. Yeah. Um, and it became something quite different <laughs> over time. Question number four. Amazon, yep. that is the you know internet business, not the female the story. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazon or Metal Gear Solid. Amazon, I want to say in this case. Correct. By a wide margin, 1994. Ah, yes. Because I remember that, that Amazon was actually really early on in the internet. That They've was one of the, the beginning main stays. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're old school. Metal Gear Solid's like 97 or something. 98. 98. Yeah. So, um... Yes, not, Amazon been there. They've been they've been around the block. AC, they've been through the wars. Question number five: Twitter or the Legend of Zelda: Phantom Hourglass? Oh, okay. I've never actually really played Phantom Hourglass. I don't own that Zelda, but I'm going to say Twitter. You know what? I've done a grievous error, and I actually haven't written down when Phantom Hourglass came out. So let's just play some break music while I look up. <laughs> Oh my god, this is hilarious. I'm just going to play the Spanish flea over this while I look this This is funny because... 2007, Phantom Hourglass. Yep. And uh, Twitter, 2006. So, what did so I say? you said Phantom Hourglass, didn't you? Oh no? Oh god, I can't remember. Well, look. <laughs> in the circumstances... Yep. Let's just skip this one. Okay. Uh... The best podcast uh, on the planet. Oh, yeah. Question number six. This is why I never do a quiz anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you got off easy. Yeah, I do. I did. Wow. You you chose to be the host of this. You you, know. you, you got to pull the hard yards, oh, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. Look, it's going to be phone game or phoning game for the next 10 years. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> Question number six. Okay. Pinterest or Batman Arkham Asylum? Uh, Pinterest. No, Arkham oh, Asylum. No, 2009. Pinterest came out the next year, 2010. 2010. So, yeah, Arkham Asylum. I sort of felt like it was a bit more recent than that. But I remember playing that at a mate's house mm. uh, when I was still in Japan. So, okay. yeah, yeah. 2009. That's mm. yeah. 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 All right. Question number seven: Instagram mm-hmm. or Portal Two. Instagram's that thing that I should be joining and I haven't yet and even my dad's a part of it. So I'm going to say Instagram. 
yes, Instagram 2010, mm-hmm. Portal 2011. Ah, okay, cool. There you go. Question, I feel so embarrassed about that uh, Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, that's right. Uh, question number eight, Snapchat mm-hmm. or the PlayStation Vita? Oh, Lordy B. Uh, Vita's got to be 2011, I want to say. Um, oh, that's difficult because I know nothing about Snapchat. I'm going to say Vita. No, Snapchat 2011. Mm-hmm. Vita 2012. Vita's 2012, was it? Yeah, oh, there you oh, go. Okay. There you go. So, um, yes, not by... the. It's pretty short window there, but uh, Snapchat just managed to get in there ahead of Vita. So, um, it's not like it was a race or anything. Question number nine. Which the Vita never thought it was a race, let me tell you. I love that system, but damn, did Sony abandon that yeah, real quick. It's... Look, yeah, it's pretty underrated. Uh, question number nine. Netflix no. or... Pardon me. The PlayStation 3. Netflix. Correct. Netflix 97. Yep. They've Super been around for a while. That was back in the day when they were just like sending people DVDs in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they just had a return postage thing in them. Yeah. And then, yeah, you just send it back. How times have changed, AC. Uh, well, question number 10, perhaps the most internet juggernauty of all internet juggernauts. Mm-hmm. We all bow down before our illustrious master, Please Yahoo. Say, yeah, I knew you were going to say Yahoo. Yahoo or the PlayStation? Oh, I'm going to... S- oh, actually, PlayStation's in the end of 95, isn't it? I'm actually going to say Lycross. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a blast from the past. I'm actually going to say Yahoo. Correct. N- Yahoo, March 94. PlayStation, mm-hmm. December 94. I thought so, yeah. So there you go. Well, you've done exceedingly exceedingly well. Um, yeah, even even if I did get that question right or wrong. I'll have to review the tape. Yep. I might have to go back over it and record a little um, adjoinder <laughs> to this episode. I don't know. Just us humming Spanish fleas is, is <clears throat> going to be pretty good. I think we should leave that in there just for, <laughs> just for the sake of uh, unprofessionalism. Sure, why not? Because we are nothing if not an upholder of unprofessionalism. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, two to you, seven to me, Possibly and to one is kind of up in the air. Sure. Review the tapes. Not that it matters that much, because uh, I kicked your ass in this one. You demolished me like Grace did to Honey in our <laughs> game of... What the hell was that game called? Fighting, Fighting Vipers, Vipers, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, AC, why don't you read the copy? We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Game Life Balance uh, podcast of Australia. The Australia... <laughs> We suck. <laughs> we really suck. It was, it was, you were giving me a bit of a wink and a bit of a, a titty view there, Rob, which is a bit disturbing, i got to say. <laughs> Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Visit us on the web at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com, uh, where you will find links to our podcast feed and our video content. I still do update YouTube. There are a couple of new things on there. Check them out. Really good. Um, our sister show is in the US. Yep. Game Life Balance US is GameLifeBalance.us. Yes, yeah, so they've been playing through um, some of the Super Nintendo classic games. I think they've been doing a really good job with that. Yeah. I've been really interested because obviously they are of the time that they grew up with those consoles because they're just a just a touch younger, a tiny bit younger than us. They're yeah. a bit more green than us. I want to say they're just <laughs> not as experienced. The ears, yeah, I just want to say that they just haven't done the hard yards that we have. <laughs> playing i don't know fucking fighting vipers which you forgot the name of god damn <laughs> despite that was a 32-bit game and uh, they are playing 16-bit games 
Oh, we suck. Uh, but they, don't, but they suck slightly more than us. <laughs> but do check them out. They're good. They're, they're actually great. very they're actually, professional. They're very, very good at this. Very, very good at this whole I, um, I think about iTunes thing, podcast thing, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, reviewers, tell your friends, beat up your friends. I really want to promote this episode because I think this has just been a fantastic winner. Yes. I have been on point. Yes. Every fact has been completely well-researched and- uh, Rob has been shit out, and I love it when that happens. <laughs> yes. I've been fulfilling my side of the bargain by making you look good. <laughs> that is exactly why I love this podcast. <laughs>